From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 573. Today's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Mr. CEO Brad Dowdy. <laughs> uh, good morning, everyone. Hi, my name is Brad Dowdy from <laughs> The Pen Addict, and uh, thank you for having me here today. Oh, wait, no, this isn't. No, no. This is, a, is this the talk? Okay. So tomorrow, as we are recording this, we're recording a day earlier than usual because our usual time, Brad will be in an undisclosed location at the <laughs> Uniball America headquarters, telling them what they need to know about the pen world. <laughs> I think they, I think they have that pretty well covered. Um, no, 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 they no, are, no, 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 no. They see, I actually, can say it, right? You can't say it because you're going to be there. But I'm going to say, it. Brad's going to go down there and he's going to whip him into shape over at Uniball. <laughs> I don't know how much whipping into shape I, I have to do, but it's going to be fun. I, I'm excited, um, as you know, from me talking to you. I'm anxious, right? Like I have mm-hmm. to give like a talk. You know, like, hey, can you talk in front of this these people yep. for like 20, 30 minutes? And I'm like, really? Yes, I can. Tough. But like getting there, yeah. What we do. What me me and Brad do every week is not public speaking, right? Like, right, right. This is a completely different skill set, as I'm sure mm-hmm. many people listening to this know, right? When you have to get up and do a presentation in the office, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's it's nerve wracking. I, you know, yeah. I I don't envy you specifically, but sure, you know, but I am like excited for you because I think this is going to be. This is going to be really cool. This is one of those things if you don't need to hear this advice, but I'll give you this advice. In this situation, mm-hmm. everyone who's there wants you to be there and they want to hear what you got to say. Okay. I mean, that's, that's always, a good perspective to that's have. That's not right? always the case, right? Like, right, 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 right. But everybody who's there is like, like they want you to be there. They've asked mm-hmm. you specifically to come and talk to them. So right, I'm really right, excited right. next week to hear what your experience was like. Yeah, it's going to be great. And like you were kind of alluding to, even our live podcasts, those are a breeze, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I can't tell you how many hours I've put into like a 20-minute talk so far. I mean, it's got to be, we're well into double-digit hours of me working on this talk. And like, I still only feel like maybe like 80 or 90% there. Like, I'm I'm having trouble, as someone who doesn't do this type of thing, I'm having trouble closing the deal, right? Mm -hmm. Like, get, like bringing home the point at the end that's the challenge like the podcast we can just the podcast we can end and guess what we can do follow-up next week right (laughs) this one i have to like bring it all the way around and make it cohesive and that's that's my hang up and you know i've got about 24 hours to uh to dial that in but i feel totally okay about it like i'm i'm not overly worried but i'm gonna keep working on it tonight and tomorrow morning and i've definitely um worked it through out loud, you know, I've I've recorded myself. I've given the presentation, you know, several times to uh, Toby, my dog. Um, he's tired of it by now, um, and I'm still not there. But uh, it's it's not the end of the world. It's not a big deal. I'm trying not to sweat it too much, but I want to do a good job, so I am putting uh, some time and effort into it. So I can't wait to hear about it. But yeah, that is the hard part. That like putting a full stop on the whole thing, like that's right. You know, it's just like I can talk to you for an hour and we can end, but mm-hmm. I guess you want me to like give you a close, right? And like that, that right. is hard, right? Like the conclusions right, right, right. of anything are, are complicated. Right. So I feel pretty good overall. I just want to tighten that part up and I'm I'm not quite there yet, but I'll, I'll be happy by the time I walk in there tomorrow. So uh, not too worried. I definitely, I've run through about five different ending points so far right now and I'll just, I'll figure out what works the best and just go for it and it'll be fine. Brad, we have a selection of uh, <laughs> correspondents reporting in from the field, mostly via penaddictfeedback.com, about the Muji polycarbonate fountain pen. Carol says, Portland Muji checking in, none in stock, none scheduled to arrive anytime soon. Trent says, Trent's report, Trent's dispatch says, I found the Muji fountain pen here in Taiwan. Uh, we're looking at 139. Is that Taiwan dollar? Is, uh, mm, is I, I don't know what in the N- dollar sign. NT, yeah. Let me see what that is. NT dollar. I want to get that right. Uh, mm-hmm. That gave me the National Theater. That's no, that's no <laughs> help, is it? Come it's on, in Google. National Theater dollars. New Taiwan dollar. 
That's what the okay, NT is for. New Taiwan dollar, which is just under $5 USD. That I love mm-hmm. those kinds of things, by the way, when it's like yes. the differences between currencies and like what they mean. Five or 139. How did we get here? Right. I don't know. <laughs> uh, including taxes, but not at all stores, says Trent, and only available in one nib size, 03. And okay. Neil's ba- dispatch from Vancouver, Canada says that they immediately went to the store, to the online store, I should say, to buy one of these. Before ordering, I did go to the physical store to see if they had any. I wasn't expecting to find one, and I was right, nowhere to be seen, but I got one online. Yeah, Canada was the one of the two online shops that I found it in. I love that this is our bit now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I love the, the, the $5 fountain pen check-in. I was honestly <laughs> bit surprised from around the world. how many people had written it. <laughs> it was a surprise because <laughs> I don't think we asked for this, right? Like, I'm not complaining, right? But it was like, people did it. I feel like now we've done this, maybe we'll get more. And you know what? Go for it. Yeah. Like, someone's yeah. going to make Muji restock and maybe Panatic listeners can do it. That's exactly right. And last week we had Italy and Australia, right? So we're we're covering all our bases here. So mm-hmm. uh, Muji, get on get on the restocks. <laughs> we need you. We need the people need their pens, Muji. They do. And uh, this is one of the good ones. So uh, make make it happen and uh, keep reporting. And if you have Muji polycarbonate fountain pen news from around the globe, we would love to hear it. You can. Uh, where can they uh, send that feedback to, Mike? Penaddictfeedback.com. You can send it in there. Nice, nice. This is where we also got this upcoming feedback, yep. which I am so excited you put this in here. I actually, I, I like this topic, and we're gonna let's uh, let's see what we got here in this next bit of follow up. We also have quite a few people write in about the pilot nibs. So the was it fifteen mm-hmm. pilot nibs? Yes, fifteen nibs, fifteen nibs. Um, we, we were talking about last time, um, and we had Robert. I wanted to read out Robert and Joe's feedback specifically. So Robert says mm-hmm. on the pilot nine twelve specialty nibs, the course and broad broad uh fantastic if you're looking for a custom grind that needs a lot of tipping like an architect or full-on naginata togi style before you jump in on this i'd have an opinion on this i have a hot take okay okay i, I just don't know why you would buy this nib if you're then just going to get it ground to something else like is it that good of a platform Yes. Okay, so then. yeah, you All would right. you would be very wrong in that statement, and not in a like a oh you're wrong type of way, but this is exactly why people. I, buy, I, like, said, sailor, I don't sailors. understand it. Now I understand yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Right? Like, I was like, you're so, crazy. You know? Yeah. No. This is the this is the 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 fraction of the fraction percentage that would buy the, this type of thing for that, but mm-hmm. the platform that a course or a, a broad broad gives you, which I am so glad you said broad broad instead of double broad. Well, it's BB, and, baby. Yeah, it is. It is, and um. These types of tippings for people who are really into this stuff and really want to have the wilder the nib, the better, or the more expressive the nib, the better, you need a platform to give to a nib grinder. And when you have this huge bulk of tipping on the end that coarse and broad broads have, then you are setting up for like a good bit of shaping to be happen on those type of platforms. So this is a good perspective from Robert and thinking about this and how I can review this. So my, my whole question ending question last week was how should i review this how should i review 15 nibs and what should be the the way what should be the questions i answer for people that are interested in hearing me talk or write about these things so this is a good good question and it basically robert's saying like why like why would you buy an extra fine nib why would you buy a fine nib and in the case of a course why would you buy a course nib well you can have a big broad signature or if you're really into this stuff, you now have a platform to have this big sword shape, sword tip, Naganata Togi or something like that, right? Where you're giving someone else the platform to do their best work. And that's what uh, Course and Double Broad would give you. So yeah, I think that's great feedback and something to consider as I go forward in this project. And Joe says, I don't get why Pilot refuses to sell swappable or replacement nibs. I would rather I would rather buy two or three reasonably priced 912 nibs than two or three full 912 pens. P.S. The Estabrook adapter section fits the 912 perfectly, so at least I can use the 912 bodies of any of the dozen of available Estabrook vintage nibs that I have. Why don't they just sell the nibs, Brad? This is a short feedback that is so awesome that I have so many things to say about these two or three sentences of feedback that I am so excited that Joe sent this in. So I can't answer why Pilot refuses to sell 
swappable replacement nibs only because I have not asked them the question. That is now a question I will ask them. But so I will say no, in Joe's original feedback, he did mm-hmm. ask if you could ask them, but I took that out in case that was overstepping, but, yeah. but now you can ask them. <laughs> it's not. I, I will ask this question because the experiences I've had over the last five or 10 years working with makers who have used platinum parts in their pens to make pens around basically have to go around pilots back to get inventory to make pens with their nibs. It's just something as a company they do not do. And my gut tells me that it's a control thing, right? They want to control the platform that their nibs are on, right? So uh, any of the makers who at one point were acquiring vanishing point nib units and making pens around them, if they publicly advertise them, they would get a letter from pilot, and asking them to stop. Um, I don't know what recourse pilot would have, but it did not go well for the two or three people that I've talked to that have done this. So it's weird because Sailor does a little bit of this. Platinum, I don't think does any of this either. So it's it's a weird situation. And I do think to to, uh, help Joe out here, I am going to ask that question. I we're not going to get a satisfactory answer, right? Like this is a lot of times why I don't ask the questions to large multinational corporations is because I already know the answer going into it. Right. I I can only beat my head against the wall so much, but maybe I get something, maybe I get something, but I will ask this question. Um, but it's really a control thing. And I mean that in a positive way as a brand, right? Like they want to ensure the final product is up to pilot standards. And if someone buys a product with a pilot nib in it, that's not a pilot pin and didn't come from pilot. And then pilot starts having to get feedback on these things. Um, you know, that's it's things have been out of their control um, with those single nib units. So that's my guess. That's my gut feeling. So the second part of the question or the second part was really just a comment. The Estabrook adapter section fits the 912 perfectly. That's cool. I had no idea. So uh, that is uh, a pretty neat swap. That is something uh, that is a part that I have with one of my Estabrooks and I have a 912, of course. So uh, that is something I need to uh, try out and swap because that's pretty interesting. I don't know that I would use that full time because I love the 912 nibs so much. But that is at least something fun to play around with. So good feedback from Joe and Robert and great questions. I also had at least two other emails directly to me offering up um, ideas or suggestions on how to handle you know, reviewing, you know, people chiming in saying, Hey, here's what I would look for, what I'm looking for from this whole huge batch of nibs. So I appreciate the feedback on that. So any feedback y'all have on this project, which I'll start working on when I get back uh, from this little short trip uh, in the next week or two and uh, start figuring out how I want to do this. So um, this is great. Keep it coming. Great. All right. So should we talk about what we have on our desks today? Yeah. So Every now and then, Mike and I like to check in with what we're using and the things that are, you know, have uh, matriculated to the the top of the desk within reach. And mine is a little bit different this time, which is why I wanted to do it, because I've made a little packing kit for my day, essentially overnight trip to Chicago to go talk to Uniball. And I wanted to tell you what I have laid out to bring uh, stationary wise on this trip, right? If I was going to a pen show, this would be a much longer, much broader carry situation. Um, you know, just for bringing different fountain pens, different inks, different papers, all kinds of different stuff in a much bigger, uh, packing situation. I'm literally carrying a, uh, a, a Tom Ben, uh, 24 liter backpack is all I'm bringing for, for this trip. So it's a short one. So my stationary packing is light. Number one, the first pen that I've packed. Of course, it's going to be a Uniball, but which one, Mike? It's going to be the Signo RT 0.38 millimeter in black. And there's a big reason why I'm bringing this. Is it because you're a corporate stooge? <laughs> it is. Number one, I'm a shill. <laughs> I'll give uh, you such a hard time today. I just want you to know I love you. That's all. <laughs> uh, hey, if anyone can take it, it's me. So uh, <laughs> we'll we'll get to my full full stoogedness uh, with the last link that I just put in before we stopped, uh, before we started uh, recording today. So yeah, you'll see my full, full stoogedness um, uh, here in a moment. But this pen is the core of my talk to Uniball. So we'll save the rest of that. 
if you followed me long enough, you kind of know where that's going with that, uh, with that pen. But I physically am bringing this pen to use as a prop, um, for my talk. Um, when I, when I go there, secondly, this is, this is the real shill Mike is I'm bringing a spoke roadie, but yeah, I'm bringing the spoke roadie because one, it's a great travel pen, but number two, it's built around the uni Jetstream um, their, their Parker style refill. It's called the SXR 607. And I, yeah, that's, that's more of, that's way more shilling than the first one. It's like, Hey, look at this spoke pen that I made. I am bringing them some spoke gifts, right? I'm bringing them some Good roadies man. and some spoke pens uh, because we build, we build some of our pens around Uniball refills because they are the best, right? I built the helped build the spoke pen around the Signo DX refill, which is not the same pen that I mentioned up top. And uh, we can elaborate that on another day in time why they're different. And then we built the spoke roadie around this Jetstream refill. And I chose these refills for specific reasons and that they're the best at what they do for their size. So those are the only two pens I'm bringing. I'm bringing my plotter narrow which is somewhere where I just have like all, I can keep any notes I need, right? I'll just have what are the random thoughts and note taking and mm-hmm. general capture. It's my capture notebook when I'm traveling, right? It's normally has, and it still does have my, like my task and planners and calendars and things like that. But it also has a, just a, a general notebook section in there. So that's my general notes inside that plotter. I have stuffed a stack of Notco note cards. RIP to the Notco note cards. Uh, nice. I'm sorry for bringing this up. Yep, sorry for bringing this up. I do have us my own personal stash. Don't at me um, for, <laughs> to send you some. I wish I could still make them. They don't make the paper, and I have not tried to find something comparable. I am not. I'm never saying never on that one because I love them so much, but uh, not right now. But I am using some of my stash to plan my talk. So I am note carding my talk right so i'm not using a slideshow or laptop or anything like that to do my talk i'm using note cards so i've gone through 20 cards or so just writing notes ideas shuffling shuffling them around trying to workflow a 20-ish minute talk and note cards work great for that right because you can manipulate them in certain right ways you know i have like kind of like not quite mm. my final version yet but you know i have them numbered they also look different. good to hold like if you're gonna yeah. hold something for notes mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. note cards are best better than a notebook better than a phone or an ipad like yep note cards are, are really good Yep. And I haven't, I'm out of practice, like glancing and talking and glancing and talking. So I'm actually working a little bit. I'll do a final version tonight and like in the hotel room um, where I have a little bit more visual cues, right? Um, Have some bigger like block style, like real points that I want to drive home. So when you're just glancing, right, because I need to be not looking at my cards, but I need them there for reference. So I'm working on actually the actual, I'll have like a final version tonight where I'll, um, lay that out a little bit better just visually speaking but like i know the content on them but you it's just good to have there for refreshers reminders and the flow of the conversation because i i mean you're totally going to get stuck like while you're talking like you're just going to get stuck so you have this good little visual reference to get you back in back in the path um it's great like I'm, i'm kind of excited about using my note cards uh for a talk so that'll be something different for me and uh, I'm hoping it goes well. I think it will. I've practiced, you know, yesterday holding the cards, glancing down, but not like mm-hmm. staring at them. So like I sit there and practice. I have voice memos all filled up in my phone of me practicing oh. this talk. So yeah, it's a whole yeah, thing. I so. myself. That was something that Gray recommends. So my own, my like main example that I think of was back in like 2015. I gave a keynote, mm-hmm. uh, opening keynote for the release notes conference. Yeah. I and, that. uh, I was, that's like the biggest kind of presentation I've ever done. And mm-hmm. it was Gray's recommendation that I video myself doing it. Yeah. And then just watch it back. And that would be similar to the, the audio too, just listening yeah. to yourself. 
Yeah, so like I'm okay not videoing myself. I see myself enough on camera. Like I'm okay with like my motions the and same. my delivery. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, I will definitely there will be another session tonight uh, in the hotel room as I finalize my note cards. But um, we're nice. we're like I said in the beginning, we're I'm I feel eighty ninety percent there. Like I'm not sweating it too much. I just want to kind of stick the stick the landing a little bit better. So I want to practice a little bit more. Um. Lastly, Mike, I'm bringing uh, some sneakers. The sneakers I'm wearing, Mike, yeah, baby. are very Uniball-centric. Uh, you know, little red, little blue, little black. These are actually called uh, the Jordan 1 Mid Deep Royal Blue Blacks. Nice. And, yeah, the, I've had these for four or five years. Now, back uh, in the COVID times, I got into the sneaker hobby. I haven't bought a pair of sneakers in two or three years now. So I'm still going through like the 20 pairs that I bought during COVID. Cause that was my, that was what kept me busy. This was one of them. I paid like, like just basic retail, maybe even less than retail. And this is one of those shoes that has kind of gone up from there, right? Yeah. There's this whole secondary market for them. Like I paid like completely normal, if not below market rate for these when I bought them. Um, but they're cool because the color name is Deep Royal Blue Black. And then that's not a more perfect name for me. I don't know what is. So um, I, I took a little took a little picture of me, uh, my, my fit check for my talk tomorrow. Yes, I'm thinking about what sneakers I'm wearing to talk in front of people tomorrow. Well, that um, makes you feel I, good, man. Mm -hmm, yeah, you makes know? you look good, feel good, feel yeah. good, play good, right? Right. Dress so, the job um, you want. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know that with your uh, your golf now, man. You gotta you gotta look the part to play the part, right? Uh -huh. I'm maybe gonna talk about that in a second. I want to mirror yeah, your yeah. idea of uh, <laughs> bringing sneakers to the show. Yeah. So I my uh, my little set of Uniball RT one RT fountain pen, excuse me, not the RT one. Uh, clipped into my show shoes, tagged Uniball in. So I'm I'm playing it up big here for Uniball and getting ready to getting ready to hit the road. So uh, we're gonna show out tomorrow. I'm I'm feeling good. All right, this episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but when you open an incognito window, there's a little note that tells you your activity could still be visible to your employer, school, or ISP. If you want to really stop people from seeing the sites that you visit, turn to ExpressVPN. Think about all the times you've used Wi-Fi at a coffee shop or a hotel. Without ExpressVPN, every site you visit could have been logged by the administrator of that network. And that's even true when you're in incognito mode. What's more, your home ISP could also see and record your browsing data. This is the thing. In the US, they're legally allowed to sell that data to advertisers as well if they were so inclined. ExpressVPN is an app that encrypts all of your network data and reroutes it through a network of secure servers so that your private online activity stays exactly that, private. ExpressVPN works on all of your devices and is super easy to use. The app has literally one button. You just tap it to connect and your browsing activity is secure from any prying eyes. I love how easy it is to connect to ExpressVPN. I just hit the button in my menu bar. I can choose the location that I want if I want it to seem like I'm from a different location, which can be helpful for browsing various content online, streaming services and such. And I just press one button and I'm ready to go. So, stop letting strangers invite, invade your online privacy. Protect yourself today at expressvpn.com slash penaddict. That is expressvpn.com slash penaddict. That is expressvpn.com slash penaddict, and you will get three extra months for free. That is three extra months for free at expressvpn.com slash penaddict. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, what you got going, Mike? That's that's my packing kit. That's yep. my stationary kit right now. This is going to serve me well for for a couple of days. So what what do you have going on? Well, as always, Sidekick Notepad on the desk is what I use to take notes. Yeah. It's one of the so reasons good. the product exists. Yeah, uh, it's not going to lie right to you, Mike. I need mm -hmm. to use mine more because it's it's really cool. I really I really like it, and I just have not been using it. But it's one of those things that I know is good and I know it's perfect. And so I just got to put it in the rotation and, and get going. Yep. Yeah. Continue to be happy with the feedback we've got about it. Continue to be happy with the sales that we've got. Like I'm, I'm, we're really encouraged by like how many of these we sell a day, considering we haven't kind of unlocked our full marketing arsenal that we have available at Cortex brand, <laughs> um, which is a video from gray right i was like, gonna say to it's, do it's that? gray's youtube channel yeah. that's yeah. that is the that's, <laughs> that's the, the like, nuclear option 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's part of what we do, right? Like, Gray's made a couple of videos sure. about the journal, and I think that they continue to to result in a very long tail of sales. And I think the Psychic yeah. Notepad will will maybe get that treatment one day, but it's doing really well on its own um, out there in the world, and we're very bullish on it. And you know, we're we're building a family of products around it now, um, and uh, we're going for some different layout stuff from different sizes and stuff. So. That's all to come. I mean, I'm going to say hopefully this year, but you know, you know right. how it goes. Sure, uh, sure, but sure. absolutely love my sidekick notepad. I use them every day um, and you can check out for yourself. Uh, something that has, I think I mentioned this on the show, but I've been really surprised about just how often I am grabbing the Studio Neat Mark III, their pencil. That's uh, I think I use greatly. it every day and have mm-hmm. since it arrived it's actually now like so i have my pen cup where i've got a bunch of mark ones on it uh, in there and uh, i got the tactile turn and like just a quick quick to grab pens quick to make note pens that's on my like main desk um and then i have all my fountain pens on my uh, recording desk is where i am now but on the I'll kind of like the main desk but i have my mark three just sitting next to my psychic notepad there and it's just mm-hmm. like quickly grab it and just like scribble something down and i find that to be very pleasant to use um, today, the pen that I'm using to take my show notes with is uh, the Pen Addict Ajoto Collab. Yeah, just, just a that is treat to you. I yeah, like y'all don't want me to talk about Ajoto because it will just not be fair. Like that's how much I love the pen. Like yeah. just that's all you need to know. It's, it's a really, really special pen to me. I don't I don't understand why I like it so much. Like, it's really hard to grasp the concept of such a simple product. Same goes with, like, the Studio Neat, like, the Mark One and 3s, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're very simple. Very simple. But the thought and care that goes into the design and construction of these things, it it sets them sets them apart. That's why, that's why like, I fawn over these some of these things like that, especially, like, my, the Ajoto, that uh, my, my collaboration with them is just, it's one of my favorite pens of all time, bar none. It's so comfortable to use deceptively heavy but in a good way like right. it's got weight to it which you wouldn't expect just by looking at it uh the tape is super good and the texture they put on this with the, with the paint is like mm-hmm. it's excellent and obviously yep. it carries the same great refill that's in many of the pens that we adore like the mark one yep and the rich 51 and then my extra that i'm bringing today is my golf bag uh, <laughs> nice. it's by a company called vice Okay. Uh, I, like I found this. them on Instagram and I okay. have a bunch of their stuff now because I really love their whole like aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It's very fun, That's really very cool. loud. Um, and I have the Force Golf Bag in gray and neon lime yeah. accent. This is very loud. This is a very loud bag, but that is exactly what I'm looking for. It's uh, like, I don't think it's that loud. I mean, it is like comparatively to a golf bag. The lime is, what I would say is every time I see someone's golf bag, the golf bags Mm. tend to be on the more chill side. Like they're just like one color or whatever. Maybe they've got a big logo on them, but this has a big logo and a bunch of like, neon lime yeah. accents <laughs> i love it like as, as like i'm not an, an old saji golf person i would carry this in a second yeah. like this is like this looks great and, and plus it looks like a good design right i'm a i'm a double strap carry yep. bag stand yep. bag type of person and very like, this is, very this flexible like mm-hmm. a couple of handles in key places uh the double strap which you can use one or both like and it's got that little mechanism that when you put it down the little mm-hmm. legs pop out so you can stand yep. it it's really it nice. Like it um, pockets I, in the I right like place. I also have a matching golf glove, like the same style. Nice. Yeah. I like this nice. Love it. Mike and I are we we're planning a, a, a the the idea has has been popped into our head to have a, a golf uh, outing uh-huh. at some point in the future at a, the Pen at a Podcast near you. Invitational. <laughs> 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 So yeah, that's that's great. I love that the the golf thing is stuck with you, and oh, yeah. uh, I, I was bug. I was yeah I was telling you before the show I need to get back and start practicing. I haven't picked up a club in probably two years, so I need to go to the driving range some this summer, maybe play a round or two, um, because I might be doing a little something uh, fun in September, which is not far away. Mike, the days are going by fast, too oh, fast. So. Brad, you think? Yeah. You think I'm not aware of how close September is? Oh my gosh! Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, completely sidetracking. I'm I'm, I'm at the point where I'm about to start my countdown clock. Yeah, like 
like right now you probably feel behind right yeah. like it's just the the nature of the calendar right mm-hmm. now so yeah i feel you i feel you hey just so you know and i haven't told you this i got a lot of stuff working behind the scenes so we're gonna do some some fun panatic stuff this year Heck yeah Call it's me. all working it's all, all working right. already so all right let's get into a shout out of the week and then we'll shout do some ask tpa the then we're gonna get me out of here so i can hit the road mike a yep, uh, shout out of the week uh pencil fodder i don't think i i have I've, i do a poor job of uh listing out uh everyone so sometimes i might duplicate but that's just because sites are so awesome and instagram feeds are so awesome and youtube feeds are so awesome when i see something awesome i'm gonna share it even if i've shared them before so pencil fodder is as you can imagine a pencil blog it's not updated that often but when they do they're usually bringing all kinds of cool vintage wooden pencils um, to the forefront you know, on their posts. And this most recent one is one of my favorite posts, has been one of my favorite posts to read on any stationary blog this year. It is covering Mitsubishi Anniversary Edition pencils. And let me tell you, you want to take some time to go through this post because it is long. It has a ton of pictures. I love all the pictures. And you get to see all the different varying um, anniversary releases that Mitsubishi has done. Um, well, not all of them, but a ton of them. And it's cool to see all the packaging, all the extra stamping, all the extra work they put in on all these features. So there's some old vintage editions. There's some more modern editions. There's some, uh, Disney collaborative editions in here. You'll see a lot of those in here, Mike, some really wild, uh, sets. Um, I don't know if you have seen this Mike, but if you scroll down, there is a picture when you scroll down of, which is this, the high uni. And it's a maroon pencil. And if you line up all these pencils correctly in the case, the stamping on the pencils spell Disney Mickey Mouse 90th. Like each pencil has a letter. And then the barrel stampings have stars placed in different locations to where they end up lining up and making the mouse ears in there like that's, that's cool. intense <laughs> like that's cool so this was a really neat post and i just wanted to make sure everyone saw it because it's really fun if you're into stationary at all even you don't have to be into pencils to love seeing a a post that puts together all kinds of things that you never get to see right like these are mm-hmm. things we don't get to see ever and i just wanted to shine a light on that and i thought it was really cool so shout out pencil fodder this was this was some cool stuff i saw this week over there very cool all right, we've got tons of our CPA questions. Let's knock out a couple of them today. Uh, an anonymous question asker is taking you to task. Brad, how is the Pen Attic 100 going? How yeah, many they better stay anonymous. How 100 are you currently at? Are we ever going to get an update? <laughs> yes, we're going to get an update. So I gave myself a goal uh, at the end of June saying that by the end of July, I need to have my next pen sale because I need to have one more pen sale to actually have the correct, it's like to, to be in a good place to finalize the 100 because it can't be at 100 when I'm done. It needs to be at like 85, right? Uh-huh. So I think I'm gonna be in that once I do one more pen sale. So as soon as I get back from this trip, I keep I have a lot of things to do when I get back between the nibs and this pen Attic 100. That's at the top of my list. As a matter of fact, if I have a chance to stream Thursday, I don't know if I will or won't, I'm going to go through my current, um, the current pins in my 100 pin uh, cabinet from Toyoka Craft, my trays, and start breaking out the next round of sales because I said I needed to thin that out before I go to the DC pin show, which is only three weeks away. So that's my goal. As soon as we get back, so when I get back from Uniball, I'm going to start working on that, get a sale out go to the DC pin show. So probably by August, we'll be ready for a big update to the Panatic 100 and we'll dedicate a podcast episode yes. for that. So that's that's the schedule right now. It's like we're getting, I actually, I feel okay. Like I haven't bought any pins in a while. I mean, I say that and I could probably go, oh, whoops, yeah, I did buy that and I did buy that. But like, I haven't been buying a bunch, but with the DC right around the corner, right? Like I know that's gonna, like I'm gonna be into some stuff for sure. So um, we'll see. And um, that that's where I'm at with that right now. It is at the forefront of my of the things I want to accomplish here in the next month. So I'm you'll still, you'll be hearing a lot about it. I'm still pushing for a multi episode series where we go through the entire 100. I that is absolutely in the cards. We can totally do, do that. I, I would love to do chunks that, to be of honest. 25. Yeah, 
I would do love to do thing. that, to be honest. But we'll Great. do here. We'll we'll do twenties because each drawer holds okay. twenty. So Perfect. one drawer per show. Yep. Sir Jerkface says, "What is your favorite, i.e., the best premium body for a Jetstream refill, both OEM and third party?" So this is a shockingly broad question. <laughs> Which Jetstream refill, for starters, right? So you have your standard. Um, click gel pen gel jet stream refills right like your standard barrel refills i've always been on record as stating the regular jet stream sport barrel is the best and i think they still make it um i haven't looked at them in a while um but it's just your basic entry-level plastic barrel but it has a nice rubberized grip it has a barrel that i think is better than like the uniball signo 207 307 but it's along those lines right mm-hmm. so if you're looking for like a stock jet stream traditional refill um that one's great so the one thing that i do do from time to time and i've done it in the past is they have a premium barrel let's see here not the edges but what is it called so they have a barrel called the Jetstream. um rubber body series and they make an orange one so i will buy refills from time to time and i'll put this link in the show notes for you mike um i love this barrel because it's orange and it fits the standard jet stream refills and i will in the past i've used that barrel and swapped refills into it before because it's cool and it's orange and it's only a five dollar barrel right but you can get the jet stream sports for like half of that i think so between those um for the premium barrels, I, of course, like the spoke roadie that I talked about for the shorter Parker style jet stream refills. Like that is one of my most used pens. I have two of them. I'm staring out of my desk right now. One of them about to make a trip with me. So I'm obviously biased in that situation, but um, that's kind of my go-to. If I'm not using something like a sport or this orange barrel jet stream, I'm either using a roadie or the last one, which is why this is a really, really huge, broad question. I am in love with the Jetstream Edge. Now, that one's not for everybody. That one starts at 0.38 millimeter. That's the widest tip Jetstream Edge. So that may not be something that Sir Jerkface would like, yeah, right? It's a needle tip 0.38. I think this is one of the best pens they've ever made. But boy, is it particular, right? This is uh, a not for everybody pen. They do a 2.8. Yeah. So I have a 3.8 and a 2.8, and they're like, some of the I best pens I use. It's effectively like a, a, one of those scalpel knives, <laughs> you know, and you just, you just yep. write things, and then you just actually yep. just cut holes in the paper. That's what happens. Yeah, but the way they design this is so good, and it's expensive. Like for a premium for a premium product, you know, it, it's $15 for a a ballpoint pen whose refill is smaller than the standard, like in the Jetstream Sport refills. This is a smaller refill. These refills are not compatible uh, with each other. This one's a smaller, narrower refill. So um, this is my favorite Jetstream of the entire list, but this is very much one I don't recommend unless you know what you're getting into. So the Jetstream, Jetstream refills are a big, broad category, um, and we didn't even get into multi-pen. So Jetstream does a uh, a 2 plus 1 multi-pen, which I think is one of the best multi-pens on the market. It's a black and red refill and a pencil um, uh, insert, and it's like 6 bucks for a multi-pen, re- for a 3, three refill multi-pen. It's mm-hmm. unbelievably good. I, I don't know the name of it offhand, but I can find it for you. So this is a broad, broad, broad question. So... My favorites are the Jetstream Edge and the Spoke Roadie for the very, very premium options, and then the standard Jetstream Sport for your standard options. Here's a question that I'm very interested about that came in via penhavingfeedback.com from Matt. So I have a question about pilot pens. What are the differences between the M90 and the 701? I keep hearing about how awesome the M90 is, but it's expensive on eBay. The 701 is a bit more affordable. What's going on? What's the difference? I don't even know what the 701 is. Let me look at it. So Googling for the 701 Mm -hmm. produces a pen that looks Mm -hmm. like the M90 to me. Mm -hmm. And it's referenced as the Mayu 701 fountain pen. 1974, I found it here on vintagemodernpens.co.uk. 
which mm-hmm. is a side that I don't know much about. But yeah, when I was Googling around for the what the 701 is, it kept showing me the Mayu, the MYU 701. So I'm looking at the classic reference site for the Muse and Murexes, and this is uh, stutler.cc, so I'll put a link in the show notes. So um, this is Russ Russ Stutler's reference site, which I've used many, many times when I've been looking at it. So the M90, uh, so the question, so I didn't realize the original Mu is actually called the 701, okay? So I will tell you the difference. The M90 is a reproduction limited edition made in the past 10 years. That's the pen that you have, Mike. That's the Mm -hmm. pen that I have. The M701 is the original Mu from the 70s. So they are different. It's it's literally that simple. If you want to know the difference between the M90 and the 701, the M90 was made like 10 years ago, Uh and the M701 was made 40 years ago. The M701 is what the original Mu is called. Okay? Uh Uh-huh. And the M90 is the anniversary edition. Why That's, would the more modern one be more expensive? Is it uh, because they only no, because they really only made uh, very few of them. Like, let's see if we can find the count. What is okay. the count of the M90? So, so the 90 was a 90th anniversary edition, so that's why it's called the M90 instead of the original Mu. Right, okay. But there was, I'm going to say, I mean, we're like in the low hundreds, I think, for the M90, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So basically, you... so I mean, if you want to know the difference, that's the M ninety is the modern version. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Oh, okay. Well, it's not that limited. There were nine thousand made. Okay, but still, maybe more limited. Than and the... this was. Do I have a year on this? Looks like two thousand nine. Two thousand and eight. Two thousand eight. According to Stutler. Okay. So. That's the difference, and that's so the M90 is the modern version, and you can visually tell the difference because the M90 has a little jewel on the cap, yep. which the original Muse don't. So don't get them confused, but that's, I mean, just the basic answer to the question is that's the difference. The M90 is the modern version and the, the reissue, if you will, of the 701. I just didn't know the original Mu was called the 701. So. Oh, man. I want one of these 1981 clock Murexes. It's got a oh, clock yeah. on it. You kidding yep. me? That's right. Wow. You always know what time it is, boy. That's fun. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's really fun. Yeah, that was that time, like like when, around the Casio uh, calculator watch time, right? Mm-hmm. So those things were all those little clocks were getting built into pens and things like that at the time. It's very cool. That is a cool pen. All right. So basically, what I guess what we'd say to Matt is, if you can find a seven hundred one, get it. 701s consider yeah 701s are your vintage original yeah product just like um the murex you know yeah. around the same mostly through the throughout the 70s were when the 701s were being made mm-hmm. and then in what you say 2008 they did a re-release limited edition called the M90 for an anniversary edition so that is exactly why and the I'm M90 sorry to tell you, Brad, by the way it's 15 years <laughs> Wow. You lost. Yeah. You lost five years. years. Or so, I'm good. Yeah, definitely. I that happens every day. It seems yep. I lose more more years. Mm-hmm. I lose two days for every one, Mike. Yep. Um. But the the M90 also started at a higher price point, so mm-hmm. um, that's okay. another reason. So the when the Mew came out, I'm thinking it was like an under fifty dollar fountain pen in the seventies, and when the M90 launched, it was one eighty uh, retail. I believe, if I have mm-hmm. that correct, I'm not looking at it, but that sounds right. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you could find one for twice that much, you would jump at it. But they're not even that cheap now. All right. And Chad asks, uh, I have a specific fountain pen that I use for scoring baseball games. And for ease, I've been leaving the pen with the scorebook in my car this summer. After a while... (laughs) (laughs) Brad's already unhappy after a while I'm noticing that the cap is not unscrewing as easily same with the section from the body I'm wondering if the heat from sitting in the car this summer has impacted the resin can you talk a bit about the precautions we should think about when storing our pens yeah fountain pens are extremely sensitive to heat Um, Mm -hmm. 
and even altitude, right? The everything. way that they're just, just sensitive to everything. Yeah. You don't want to drop them. You don't want to bump right. them. You know, don't put them in right. water. You know, just simply how the ink flows needs a pretty basic environment to function mm-hmm. its best, right? Like, can't be too cold. It can't be too hot. You know, the um, altitude will change the flow, right? So yeah, any anything you're putting in a hot car, like from stationary, right? You really want to limit your options. If you're going to do that, like it's fine, but I go into that knowing that, hey, I probably need to use something like a Fisher Space Pen or just even just a generic ballpoint pen, which is even not as good as a pressurized refill space pen um, to handle the high temperatures that your car is going to get. So the cap issue is definitely affected by the expansion of a plastic barrel in the heat locking the threads right like it's just you can't do that like there's like i'm not even going to tell you there's a good way to do this you just shouldn't do it right Mm -hmm. so you're going to have to take it out of the car if you want to continue to use a fountain pen or you're going to need to switch to a pencil or a fisher space pen ballpoint um, which i've used to score when i was do like scoring like my kids games i always took a fisher space pen with me because they can handle like I was out in like the dirt and the elements and the sweat and you know that that ballpoint's going to write in those type of situations. So my Fisher space pen when I wanted to use a ballpoint pen instead of a pencil was always my choice. Um, I never tried to use a fountain pen, but if I did, it would it would be something that would take in and out of the car with me. Like I wouldn't, you would never leave a fountain pen in the car. It's you're going to have a bad time. There's there's nothing good that's going to come out of leaving that in there. So. My vote would be to carry it with you at all times, right? Don't leave it in the car or switch to a different pen, which you may not want to do, but you're just going to take more care of the fountain pen. There's not going to be an option. I can't say, hey, buy this pen, fountain pen, which will be great to leave in your car. There's no such thing. And Nathan asks, I'm new to fountain pens, so this may be a dumb question. My two pens have European fine nibs, and I've noticed that they write like a medium on the Japanese paper I've tried. Recently, I ordered Clairefontaine paper and found my pens to write a nice fine line. Is it coincidence, or does European paper tend to make a line width truer to the grind of European nibs? Likewise, does Japanese paper tend to work best with the traditionally finer grinds of Japanese nibs? So, Nathan, this is the furthest thing from a dumb question. This is actually a genuinely smart question mm-hmm. and a question I love tackling, especially when you have new users to fountain pens. There's so many little things that make a difference in how a pen writes that new newcomers to fountain pens are not aware of that, like, number one, you and I used to talk about it when we were getting into fountain pens, there is a big difference between a Japanese medium nib and a European size medium nib, right? They use two different scales of measurement to make these nibs, right? They're just, it's just a fact. That's how manufacturing is. But you don't know that when you're new to this and you go to buy a pen and you buy a medium nib pen and it's writing like a highlighter, you know? So the, like your expectations might've been set differently. Like if your first pen happened to be a preppy, and it was uh, 03 Preppy, which is around a fine nib, which is for a Japanese fine, it's pretty fine. And then you go buy a Pelican fine nib and you're writing with a marker, right? So there are clear sizing standard differences between European fine nibs and Japanese fine nibs. And that goes up and down the lineup. So like mm-hmm. the basic thought is if you're buying a European nib, it's going to write one line with um, one line width thicker than a Japanese nib. So like a Japanese fine nib is comparable to uh, a European extra fine nib, right? So um, that's the type of line variation that, and, and that's just general, right? That's not like definitive across every product that you can't just line it up that exactly that way, but that's the general concept there. Now the paper, um, there is... The Japanese market does take care to manufacture a lot of papers that work well with finer, sharper nibs because of the traditional handwriting styles of Japanese characters that's required, right? So the paper is designed to be smoother and sometimes less absorbent. But something like Clairefontaine is also a very high-end premium paper 
that works well with a lot of nibs. And you shouldn't see... If you're taking Clairefontaine specifically and comparing it to like Midori, you're not going to see much difference there, right? Like, could I tell you in a blind test the difference of a European nib on Clairefontaine versus Midori? I don't know that I could. Like, that's how good Clairefontaine paper is. But that, there is something to general paper construction ideas like if you're getting like a german brand paper like a leutsch term right it's not as coated doesn't have as much sizing right like the coating on there on the paper uh it's slightly more absorbent but that's good for generally broader nibs in european countries but i don't know that it's necessarily designed that way where this conversely feels like I, one of those things to me where it's just happenstance of culture mm-hmm. where like yeah it would make more sense that if people were testing paper in Europe that they're going to use Europe nibs or like nibs that are right. suited to European handwriting same for Japanese right. like it just seems like not necessarily even something that someone would decide but just a natural happenstance yes. of the place in which it was created right this is this is what's required of the locale where we're that we're making this paper for, therefore we should make it this way. And I do believe that Japanese paper is designed to handle those finer uh, nibs uh, purposefully, right? For the most part, right? And we're, we're talking in general, general, uh, general, 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 general terms here. General, general terms. Are you just yeah. struggling with the word? I was going to say generalities, but that's mm. not a word. And general- then I got stuck. No way. Isn't that word? Gen- General? See? No, that's not a yeah. word. General, general, gen- yeah. Gen- in gen- general terms, mm-hmm. <laughs> in general terms here, right? There's obviously like highly specific stuff, but like to answer like just the Clairefontaine paper, I I think that's it's just such a good paper anyway. Like I, your Japanese nibs are gonna write their true with their your generalities is generalities apparently. Okay. Sure, generalities, okay. but it's a weird word to say. One <laughs> to write, but a weird word to say. <laughs> It clearly is tough to say. Yeah. Um, I hope I don't have this much trouble speaking tomorrow, Mike. Um, we're going to have to eliminate uh, do that a quick term. Command F <laughs> yeah. for generalities. Get, How do I do that on my that note one. cards? This is, I mean, computers, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is what they're for. I can't help you. I think I am going to type up my notes tonight, though, just for having a, a backup. Good idea. I don't have any type, I don't have any, any digital notes. All paper, man. Spill your coffee on your note cards. Yeah. Yep. Who knows? Good luck, Brad. Thank you, buddy. I'm very excited to hear about it next week. You're going to kill it? Yeah, it should be fun. Should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great day. If you want to send us in some questions, follow-up, or feedback for a future episode, go to penaddictfeedback.com, and you can do that. If you want to find Brad online, he is penaddict on all the social media that you'd want to find him on. Uh, you can find Brad at twitch.tv slash penaddict, where he streams multiple times a week. I guess you won't be streaming as many times this week. Not this week, Maybe. yeah. Maybe Thursday if Maybe. I'm feeling awake, but that's we'll about see. it. Uh, you can also find Brad's products over at SpokeDesign.com and at Panatic.com. You can find mine at CortexBrand.com and I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you so much to ExpressVPN for the support of this week's episode and thank you for listening. Till next time, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>